welcome to the Property Portfolio Podcast with Mark Stokes and Nigel Green. Every week we inspire and guide you towards success in the world of property development, mentorship and fundraising. Before we jump into today's episode, a reminder to join us at equacademy.co.uk where you can gain free access to hundreds of videos and templates to help you on your property development journey. Hi, Nigel. Morning, Mark. How are you? How are you, sir? You well? Not too bad. Oh, we've got a special guest, look. We've got a very special guest. <laughs> Mr. Kennedy, how are you, sir? Good, thanks. Yeah, great to join you. Thanks for having me. So, very welcome. Pleasure. Pleasure. And this is this is really special because we don't often have special guests, so that makes you a very special guest. Oh, I'm honoured. <laughs> Good, and a very warm welcome to you who um listening in to us, uh, dialing in uh, on your, your Zoom. And uh, we've got some uh, really fascinating announcements for you as well throughout the course of this morning. So uh, oh, there's just far too many to uh, to greet you all personally. I only wish I could, but um, I know many of you are our mentees as well. So nine o'clock, you'll be back on for our, our regular fortnightly mentorship calls. So uh, yeah, we've got Simon, Sam, Philip, Ian, uh, many people, Kathy, Daryl, uh, Marcus, Andrew. So um, we'll see you all uh, very shortly. But uh, mm. on to this morning. So um, yeah, this is going to be a fascinating session, mate. Really close to our hearts, isn't it? It is. It is, Mark. Absolutely. And you know, in terms of the uh, the breakfast webinars, we 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 started to plan out twenty twenty one, haven't we? In terms of you know the running order, the subject content, the topics, and we just thought it would be really nice to start. You know, sharing case studies and you know bringing up other people in as well. So, uh, Richard, thank you very much for your time today. But it, it was re- it really started out. I have to say, you know, I mean, we um, Mark and I, we uh, you know, we contribute quite heavily to uh, to charities in in terms of our giving back each year. And um, you know, there are the donations, obviously, but um, but we also look at initiatives and in um, and different strategies whereby we can give back. I think another example, Mark's probably the uh, the book "Advice to Younger Self," um, you know, which is a, a great. There you go, <laughs> fantastic. So all, literally, all the proceeds from that book go to charity every year. It's just it's just an amazing book, a great read. There's a lot of uh, heartfelt comments in there and certainly moved me when I, I read it, which was absolutely fantastic. And good news, we've got volume two, haven't we, coming? We have, yeah. We, we put that uh, out to the mentees, didn't we, last uh, couple of weeks ago and um, yeah. almost creating it, um, see on, the, on the, the bottom of the book, it says volume one. So there was always the anticipation that there would be a volume two. And we thought, what? What greater way to be all inclusive within our equimentorship community than to make volume two about the mentees and their journeys and the advice they would give to their younger self, uh, given their time again. So, so that's our 2021 yearbook, really, isn't it? Yes, absolutely. Well, certainly one of them. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, you know, we we do this stuff. We we love giving back. We love sharing our. And knowledge. Uh, I like to put it down as two times 30 plus years. It sounds a lot better than uh, 50 to 60 years. Um, You know, of our knowledge experience, the IP really, just through, you know, training, mentoring and support programs that we offer through the Equa Academy. So uh, I really, really enjoy that. And and certainly last but not least, um, investing in businesses for good. 
Um, you know, businesses that provide a huge social impact, you know, such as Cornerstone Place, which we'll hear about in a minute, you know, which is uh, just an amazing business and and really, really focused on, you know, tackling homelessness in the in the UK. So absolutely fantastic. But I think, Mark, there's a there's a good example, isn't there, in our development business, how we manage to displace the impact. Yeah, definitely. Um, and many of you, I think, will resonate with this. Uh, you know, we we heavily invest in Vitalettes, HMOs, right the way through to very large developments. And I know many of you listen today and our mentees are, are, are developers or would like to be developers. And, and the example we, we like to use um, with some degree of humility is uh, Zero Cows in, um, in Crawley in West Sussex. It's about 24,000 square feet. Uh, it was a dilapidated building, hadn't been used for three to four years. Um, and we subsequently we've secured not only permitted development for 44 apartments, but a further nine apartments with full planning for an additional floor on. Um, but the, the the sad tale of this building in its uh, uh, you know rather dilapidated state before before we secured it was that it was it was a proper drugs den, a really nasty place, um, and um, it was surrounded by chimney pots, surrounded by lots of gardens, uh, lots of residential dwellings, right next door to Crawley Railway Station as well, um, and uh, it had been used by. By people, and we don't judge, you know, people who were down on their luck, you know, had, had uh, got some complex societal issues, um, heavy drugs use, overnight sleeping. Uh, and in fact, we had to get a specialist decontamination unit in and removed around about 1,500 hypodermic needles. So this, this place was a very sad place indeed. Um, now we can we can, you know, high five and fist bump and everything to say we've turned this building, and many developers would say this, mm. we've turned this building from, you know, squalid drugs den into beautiful 53 apartments. But the reality, and, and we knew this right at the start, we can't solve the good people of Crawley's problem. We can't solve all those issues, those complex societal issues. So as a developer, whilst we might think we're doing a great job, the reality is we're just moving the problem down the road. For somebody else to sort out. So, you know, it's important for us to understand these complex issues and try and work out a problem. And we we took uh, inspiration from really from the likes of carbon offsetting. Um, is there a way we might not be able to solve all the issues on our own doorstep, but is there a way we can contribute to a larger larger part in society? And um, and that worked very well with our relationship with with Cornerstone Place and and the inspiration that that Richard has given us over over his many years in the social impact sector. So, Absolutely. yeah, I think, I think that's a bit of food for thought for any developer out there. Are you solving the problem or are you just booting it down? Just moving it on. Yeah, displacement. Yeah, displacement. Absolutely. So, Richard, welcome. Um, yeah, I mean, just for the audience, I mean, just if you could give us a bit about your, your background, maybe tell us a bit about Cornerstone Place and its intended purpose in society. Yeah, sure. Thanks, Mark. Thanks, thanks, Nigel. Um, so, you know, I've I, I've spent the majority of my career actually working in the in the charity and and social investment space. So my my first career um, was was in in restaurants, and I really enjoyed. Um, business, but I enjoyed really. I re enjoyed serving. I enjoyed serving people, um, and I ran a couple of high-profile um, restaurants. Um, and then, and then realised that actually there's more to. When my first child came along, there's more to life than than making money for shareholders. 
Um, and so I went and did an MBA and did that in in Cape Town. I was actually born in South Africa, so it was um, it was really nice to be able to go back and spend a year. You know, really amazing year with our I went with our, my wife and six month old child. And on this, I had no idea what I wanted to do on the MBA. I just wanted to, knew I wanted to round my knowledge and discovered this amazing thing called social enterprise. And and um, what I was what I loved was business. I loved the fundamentals of business. I loved the fundamentals of P&L, of driving, you know, driving sales, controlling cost, you know, maximizing profit. You know, I loved, I loved that element, but not just for money's sake. It, there was something lacking for me. So social enterprise to me was the kind of the answer to the question I think I don't, didn't realize I was asking. Um, and so when I came back from my MBA, I finished it in, at London Business School, um, did loads of networking, and ended up working for for an amazing charity called um, Can, and um, it was a property charity. You know, they they, they run serviced office space, um, so I was uh, scratching my property itch as well. Um, but I worked in, the, in it, we we had a um, what's called a venture philanthropy fund, so it was giving giving money away. But we were working with the private equity firm Pamira, and they they treated each of those invest that each of those donations like an investment. So we had very detailed due diligence. And it was about taking charities and social enterprises and professionalizing them and helping them to, to, to increase their impact, really. So, so I've spent, I guess, um, yeah, nearly 15 years doing, doing that. And, um, and through that, I've also got quite, um, you know, quite a high level of technical expertise around measuring impact. And, and Naji was sort of talking about one of, the, one of, the, one of the, the, the sort of theories around impact is, well, not theories, one of the things you need to consider is, is displacement. And so I'm, I'm also an accredited social return on investment practitioner, so I can help organisations to measure um, their, their social impact in a sort of very structured way. And I chair a couple of boards of um, membership organisations, both in the UK and internationally, um, of, of members who are passionate about measuring social value. So, um, yeah, really, really passionate about, about using business in a sustainable way to drive impact and also to be able to measure that in a in a robust way, and um, yeah, in my meanderings through the sector, I think I've I've always had a had a had a bit of a love for property. And I think when I when I went into the charity sector, all my peers, as I'm sure you'd imagine, um, you know, who've been at London Business School, and you know, when I was at London Business School, I met people from Wharton and Harvard and all these kind of places. That you know, they all went into the city, you know, megabucks, and I knew that I was sacrificing that. But I wanted to do something that was worthwhile. I wanted to be able to look my kids in the eye and, and uh, you know, tell them I was making a difference. And so I had this kind of um, schizophrenic um, personality where on the trains in the morning, on the way in and on the way back, I was on right move. And in the weekends, I was going doing property viewings and trying to maximise my, my um, you know, ability to build wealth um, while spending my working day um, in, the, uh, in the sector. And then um, about, three, about four or five years ago, I don't know how long ago we met, um, started learning a bit more about commercial conversions. Um, and then um, about three and a half years ago, I met my um, business partner, David Ball. And I think he's in the audience. Um, and we, we sort of started chatting and um, we realized that, you know, we're both looking to, to kind of get to the next level in our kind of development career. Um, and trying to move a bit more into that and and obviously from my social perspective thought you know I, I, I can't do something in property if it's not going to have some sort of social impact and and it doesn't take very long to get to the kind of issue around homelessness um and 
and you know David's had a, a member of his family who's been affected by that so it was definitely something that kind of bound us I think at that point and and having worked in the charity sector and also in the property part of the charity sector I realized that there were a few things that we could do to try and um, bring together those concepts to, to to create a business that ultimately um, helps you know provide housing for, for homeless uh, people by working directly with charities that, that understand those beneficiaries so David and I made a choice very early on that you know we weren't going to be the ones that were going to be delivering services we were going to come with a property solution um, and uh, yeah that was I guess three or four years ago and it's uh, it's been a bit of a whirlwind since really Yeah, are you on mute, Nigel? Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Schoolboy error. Yeah, so so what is your your model, uh, Richard? Yeah. Um, so so I, th- I think what we what we found, so David and I we we went up and down the country talking to different charities and I think what we found was that there was a desperate need for you know, fit for purpose accommodation, high quality, warm, safe accommodation. And, and generally, a lot of these charities are, are renting directly from private sector landlords or doing deals with pension funds, which is, is fantastic because it gives them the access to the property. But over the longer term, all of the benefit of owning that, that asset accrues with the, with the pension fund. And these homeless charities, and generally we work with smaller, more local homeless charities, um, are still then reliant on grants to to drive their to, to to fund their services, and they're always looking for new properties. And ultimately, on a you know an aggressive commercial lease at the end of that lease period, it's it's quite expensive. So part of the problem that we wanted to solve was was how can we work with these charities to help them to build their 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 income and their their balance sheet. And so you know our, our model really kind of um, is a is sort of halfway between. Um, you know, uh, renting to, to, the, to the charities and acting as their agent to help them find property. And we kind of work somewhere in between those two extremes to, and, and we have a variety of different ways that we do that. But, but ultimately, our, our aim is to, is to, as quickly as possible, bring fit-for-purpose accommodation online for those charities. And then over, you know, over a period of working with the charities, shift the, the ownership and the, and the value to the, to the charity. Yeah, that's very, very good and very impactful, isn't it? That and what's your current progress? Yeah, I mean, we've 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 met with charities. Um, I'm trying to think as far south as Brighton, as far north as Hull, um, and literally as far east as um, as Norfolk, and probably as far west as uh, Birkenhead. So, I mean, that's pretty much that's most most of the country, I think. And we, you know, so we've spoken to charities all over the country. And and there's there's a huge need for this. Um, we have got really close on a few few occasions, but we've now got um, two two opportunities that we are under offer on, and one hopefully that will complete in January. We've got pretty much everything uh, lined up for completion in January, and another one hopefully that will complete in 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 March, and a very lively pipeline of of opportunities. But uh, yeah, we're focusing on on getting these first couple over the line. Um, and then, yeah, watch this space. Yeah, absolutely. And, and that's the creation of, what is it, micro units? Yeah, so we're creating um, small self-contained units. I mean, uh, when, we, when we first started, we were looking at HMOs as well as self-contained. Um, but obviously, with the coronavirus pandemic, there's a much greater need for self-contained um, and isolation, you know, which is 
sad, I guess, on a kind of connection perspective um, yeah. and the opportunity for people to build relationships with other people in their building. But um, but I think it, it's a really important imperative at the moment for, for people to have access to all of their own services. Um, so yeah, small self-contained units um, in a normally in a block, perhaps anywhere from eight to we're looking at one that's um, sort of 32, 33 at the moment. So um, anywhere in that range. And, and with any kind of social enterprise, you've got this, this challenge between or this dichotomy between um, financial and social. And, and in our, you know, from a financial perspective, and we've seen this, and I don't know if any of you, any of the audience saw that panorama. Um, I've forgotten the name of the house in, in uh, the, the Terminus house. That was it in, mm. in, um, where was it? My wife used to actually work in that building, but um, um, in Essex and it was an office building and under PD, they just converted it into, you know, 25 square meter flats. Mm, mm. And I think there was about 300 of them or something. Yep. And then they just sold that space to local authorities all over the country. Um, and actually what you end up doing, if, whoever did that has made an absolute fortune without a shadow of a doubt, but they've done the reverse of what, what you've done. Um, <laughs> at Zurich how, you know, they are actually creating more of a ghetto and, a, a sort of haven for drug dealers and criminal activity and antisocial behavior. Mm. So, but they made lots of money, right? I mean, you know, so you've got this dichotomy. Mm. And so we, we, you know, we're from a business perspective, we want to do loads of big sites, but from an impact perspective, we want to do probably more like single units because that's where people are going to integrate more into community, but that doesn't work from a business model perspective. Yeah. So we've yeah. sort of somewhere between eight and 15, 20 is probably optimal. Yeah, absolutely. Could you could you maybe give a frame the the size of the problem in society mm-hmm. and and maybe the 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 the, the cost burden uh, to society yeah. as well as the personal impact? Just a well, I mean, yeah, I mean, I'll perhaps start with the personal impact. I mean, it's I mean, it's catastrophic, isn't it? Um, you know, if someone you know, and and again, think about the audience. I don't know how many of us are you know one or two paychecks away from from missing a mortgage payment. Um, and, um, you know, I spoke to my, my, uh, my best man in, in Australia a year ago or so and, and, ex- and explained what we were doing. And I said, you know, how, how, how long could you not have a salary for? And he was like, well, you know, he's a, he's a partner at McKinsey. He's like, two months and that's it, you know, <laughs> that's it. I've got, mm-hmm. I'll, I'll miss a mortgage payment. And, you know, it doesn't take a lot, in, especially in this environment that we're in at the moment, um, where someone can lose their job and fall on hard times and put themselves under pressure and then maybe have a, start drinking a bit more and then, you know, fall on harder times and fall out with family. So, you know, the, the personal impact of that for within the relationships and the children and the family is just immeasurable, really. I mean, it's, mm. um, it's, it's literally life and death. I mean, it, you know, so you, you almost can't put a value on that. Mm. But for society at large, I mean, the, the, there was a, a study um, a couple of years ago by Crisis and PwC and, um, um and it was um and it showed that the 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 impact on society was about twenty seven thousand pounds per year and that was the cost of um of you know the homelessness services of um, drug treatment services of um nhs um you know the impact on hmrc if people end up getting a job and contributing so twenty seven thousand per person and the homeless count last year showed and i don't know if i don't think the results are out yet um, for this year, but, but I think the count is has happened or is is about to happen. Last year it was four thousand seven hundred, um, but I think that is a, a very 
small under under you know huge underestimation of of the problem because what we saw during coronavirus is that actually 15,000 people uh, have gone in under this everyone in scheme so they obviously need to get everyone off the streets um and and they you know it was, they've opened the doors to hotels and B&Bs and 15,000 people are now in hotels and bed and breakfasts um under this everyone in scheme so that's at least 15,000 but then if you go to the next layer of people who are in temporary accommodation that's about 85,000 and then if you go to the next layer above that um it, it, what's called hidden homeless and those are people who are sofa surfing or just sort of going from place to place and that's another 320,000 so it's probably in the region of half a million people um and that doesn't even kind of take into you know i mean the impact on children and family i mean it's just horrendous so there's a huge challenge that needs to be be met mm-hmm. and and i think what david and i um you know want to try and alleviate is is you know property surely is at the heart of this and if we can bring um you know a scalable solution that can that can deliver homes for people um you know albeit on a temporary basis but we work with the charities to define what exactly they need and what their beneficiaries need then hopefully we can we can do our part to to alleviate this in a in a, in a small measure and our aims really you know we want to kind of we want to do a thousand rooms in the next five years and and you know onwards from that typical j curve you know we want to kind of then ex- accelerate and try and um you know try and go to the next level um yeah. but even even if we even if we exceed our our um our aims and our objectives we're still going to be scratching the surface mm, absolutely and it's a it's a shame isn't it it's a yeah. shame um but okay, so if I can if I can dial you in now to Cornerstone Place and maybe the highlights and maybe some of the challenges. Yeah, I mean, I think um, yeah, highlight, highlights probably. Um, you know, we had a. I mean, really, ultimately, we are impact led, right? We are we're doing this because we want to create an impact. That's our primary objective. You know, and hopefully, um, you know, hopefully, we can make some money. You know, along the way, and 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 you know, put put food on the table. So, so I think the highlights for me are 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 seeing when when you when chief, when you talk to chief executives and boards of the charities that we meet, and there's an, this aha moment. Right now, I understand that there's a whole different approach to how we can get how we can access property, and when they get really excited. Mm. about the opportunities that, that you know and, and you know mark you've you, you've met one of these chief executives you know it's it's i mean it's you know it's brilliant isn't it to to see that and and realize that you can you can make a huge difference um you know for them and you know for their beneficiaries and and ultimately for their the sustainability and the long term you know the, the fact that you know you're supporting that charity to 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 be more sustainable over the longer term and serve those beneficiaries so that you know, those are probably some of the some of the highlights. I mean, we, you know, as a result of our work and 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 speaking to people up and down the country, we we um, host an event in in Manchester in in February. So just just before lockdown, um, and that was that was about three and a half hours, and um, we invited all of the homeless charities in in Manchester. And actually, that the whole event was was sponsored and put on by and paid for by by GMCA. Uh, the uh, Greater Manchester Combined Authority and, and Andy Burnham came along, um, was there for an hour and a half, did a sort of keynote speech, and then and then went round all of the tables, and we sort of facilitated a discussion between, you know, Andy and 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 the homeless charities around what the problem is, what the challenges are, what are the what are the things that are getting in the way, what are the things 
that GMCA could do to help. And, mm. and, and he's, yeah. he's the mayor of Manchester for those that... Sure, thanks, Mark. Yeah. And, you know, he's been pretty high profile uh, over the last few months, particularly with uh, with what's been happening in, in Manchester with the sort of higher tier before the lockdown. Um, but very vocal um, on, on homelessness. One of his biggest... Um, you know, policy objectives is to is to is to you know try and resolve that challenge in Manchester. And Manchester, you know, has a really stark problem um, around homelessness at the moment. So, so it was really great to, to to do that, and and that's led to loads of really interesting conversations with other charities in 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 Greater Manchester. And, and probably a big portion of our work is now there. Um, you know, some of the some of the lows. I mean. It's hard, right? I mean, for you guys know that you know property development is hard, and ultimately, what we're trying to do is property development, but but for charities. Um, but we we've got to kind of, as I say, it's great when you get that moment when they and there's an aha moment and they realise what we're, you know the, the opportunity. But it takes a long time to get there. Yeah. Um, you've then also got to get it past the trustees, and then you've got to get it funded. And you know, we're we're walking a kind of we're walking a path down the middle way of you know, not profit maximizing, but not fully, um, you know, uh, philanthropic. And, and so, you know, the charities want you to be more philanthropic, the funders want you to be more commercial. Um, so it's that, 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 that walking that path is a bit of a challenge. Um, and then you bump up against all of the usual things that you would in, in development, right around planning and, and, you know, professional teams and all that sort of thing. And, and, um, and yeah, we had a really big, big knock uh, a, a month ago uh, or a month and a half ago. We're ready to, ready to sort of sign the, signed all the papers, ready to go on a, on a deal. And a planner um, took a view, a completely unsubstantiated view, to block our PD application, our permitted development application, um, and did it on because we were trying to convert a light industrial building. Um, did it on the final day that it was possible to convert light industrial buildings because that that PD route is now gone. Um, so it gave us absolutely nowhere to go. So um, and unfortunately, you know, David was the one who had us had the chat with him, and and he said, you know what, I just I just didn't like it. I didn't think it was appropriate to put homeless people in 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 sort of twenty square meter units. And we're like, oh my goodness, you know, this has been designed by a charity who's much more of an expert than you are. And with the buy-in and support of the local authority, so you know you do get some kicks, don't you? Um, but I think what we've learned a lot from that, we've learned a lot from um, you know the process, and uh, and we've yeah we've tightened everything up, so um, it's it's helped us, I think. And and I think that you know if you look at the the curve, you know that bent, I think our our trajectory, the angle of our trajectory, will be higher now because we've learned learned some tough tough um, tough uh, lessons. But I think we can accelerate faster now as a result of that. That's brilliant. That's brilliant. And, ju- and just sticking with that, um, you know, in terms of your your business targets in the next twelve months, and, mm. and maybe your future goals. Yeah. So, um, I mean, I th- our, our goals for next year, we want to kind of. Um, so, when I say year, I mean you know we're going to get calendar year, January to December. Um, uh, we want to we want to start between five and ten sites, um, and and that will result in anywhere between half a million and a million of what we're calling homeless bed nights over the period of the lease of the charities that we work with. So, you know, think about that as a number. That's an, an enormous, a million nights where someone will have a roof over their heads where otherwise they might not have done. Um, and, you know, so that, that, that's, what, that's, what, uh, that's what, you know, when Dave and I wake up in the morning, that's what, that's what motivates us. 
Um, so yeah, five to 10 sites in the next 12 months. And then I think, you know, typical kind of entrepreneur, you know, we, we want to kind of probably try and double that or close to double that every year, you know, and, and, and get that growth. And so, as I said, you know, aiming for 10,000, uh, sorry, a thousand um, rooms in the next five years. Um, and then maybe, you know, let's say 5,000 in the next 10 years. And I think if we can get to 5,000, then I think we really are going to be um, making a big difference in mm-hmm. society. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. No, it's, it's a wonderful business, Richard. And, you know, hats off, hats off to you and David, you know, for, for progressing that. And, you know, it's going to have an impact on society, which, uh, you know, and kind of the problem's not getting any better, is it? So, no, you know, if anything, it's getting worse. So, so clearly what's happening out there isn't, isn't solving the problem. So, you know, it, it needs more, I, I would say, you know, more of, um, you know, people like yourselves to, uh, jump in and, and get this societal problem resolved you know which um you know well done well mm. done yeah no thank you and obviously you know working with you guys has been um fantastic as well and um you know i think you know david and i are you know we're not in the weeds but you know we really are kind of at the at the, at the cold face talking to the charities talking to the funders talking to the lawyers you know structuring tax you know all that sort of stuff uh, but what you the two of you have been really amazing um in in just taking that kind of helicopter view and you know it's it, it's one or two simple insights which can be transformational so um you know it's been fantastic working with with the two of you as well and and um you know and the, the time that you've put in has been enormously valuable and you know as i say hopefully over time we'll see that 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 curve go up and 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 you know the impact of your your investment um will be will be felt for for generations yeah, but thank you, Richard. That's, that's yeah, thank you. Time. Thank you. And uh, being been a pleasure. And there's, there's one other thing that binds us uh, together as well, you know, that long term, long horizons, you know, family, you know, we've got lots of kids between us ultimately. <laughs> um, and we're, we're all uh, SAS trustees as well, the three yeah. of us. So, um, yeah. you know, we, we invest in businesses. And uh, I know many of the conversations you have with, with investors. They they really like the appeal of of those multiple returns. Um, it's not just an investable business model, but also it's got a phenomenal array of returns. I mean, that number of you know twenty seven thousand pounds per year as a cost base per homeless person. I mean, the the size of the problem, the impact on the public purse is incredible. Um, but also dialing that down to the personal impact as well, um, and that's a, that's a, an amazing return for for us, you know, three of us as SaaS trustees, um, but also uh, to to investors who have got SaaS, and and we're dealing with commercial property here as well, so it's you know SaaS compliant. Um, yeah, so. absolutely. You know, and I, and I think we you know we are building a a I guess a a, a kind of. Um, you know, a group of of, of like minded and forward thinking investors, and and you know who who want to want to want to back the projects that we that we're we're going to bring to market. And you know we're not looking to to give market leading financial returns, but hopefully in all of the things that I've said, it it's clear that what we are doing is is having a, a having a more rounded impact. And and so we're you know we're we're really excited to be working with investors who. Um, you know, see that round, that more rounded impact. And, you know, we're, I'm not saying that people should put all of their investment with us, 
but as part of a um, and quality, not I'm not I'm not an F, I'm not FCA regulated, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, but you know, as part of any investment portfolio, you should be thinking about a balance of of certainly of risk, um, and and you know that's 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 the you know probably the right thing to do. And you have some stuff in high risk, high yield, and some yeah. stuff in low risk, low yield. Yeah. But I think there's another dimension, right? And that dimension is impact, and Absolutely. and and that you should have some of your investments in you know high impact investments and you know some are perhaps in a, in a lower impact in, in investments and and so we're working with investors to try and um you know create i guess a, an opportunity in in more in the impact space yeah absolutely no i, I, I totally i totally get it and you know I, I mentioned right at the start there richard that you know yes we we do give back quite a bit you know charitable donations etc cetera, etc cetera. but it feels sometimes i mean that has to continue don't get me wrong in, in any way but that has to continue but it feels like a drop in the ocean you know and it's it's quite untangible in terms of that money dropping in whereas you know obviously you know a mixed portfolio you mentioned you know we we we're very privileged to have um you know an investment within your business um you know which is great but we can it's tangible we can see we can measure it we can you know feel it every single day how we're making an impact which is just just incredible and um you know and particularly i think you had a you had a thought of on even on your website you know as and when people get into the the facilities um you know, we can start to count up homeless bed nights, you know, almost like a, a rolling ticker, if you like, which would just be great. So we can connect with it, you know, every single day, which is just wonderful. Yeah, but um, no, it's, it's it's a great story. And, you know, we, we love to we love to share it. And again, thank you very much for that. I mean, in terms of anybody listening, um, if they'd like to get in touch with you, Richard, or, or be interested maybe in, in having a chat around investment in, in, into Cornerstone Place in the future, how should they contact you? Yeah, sure. Let me. I'll just paste something in the in the chat. So I've got my my contact details, and then also um, there's a there's a, a diary meeting link. So if people want to book a, book a call to to learn a bit more, and um, I mean, I think what we're, I guess what we're, you know, what we're really, you know, happy to have a chat with with people and and um, and, and learn more about what where, where people are on their journey. But I think you know. If people are if people have know of charities that are local to them that that would you know that are looking to build uh you know property you know their property portfolio and, and and have a need then we'd love to love to talk to them um you know if people have buildings um you know that they're looking to to, to shift on then we'd love to love to have conversations with them and as you say if people are interested in investing then then it'd be great to chat to them as well but yeah i'll pop those details in the um in the um in the chat box so people can get hold of me there and uh, you should be able to just click that HubSpot link, and, and it books it books just like my diary. Um, what really resonated, Richard? Uh, you referred to earlier on when uh, we went to meet the board of trustees um, for one particular charity. I, I was I was amazed at how little forward workload they can plan around. Um, they're quite often working hand to mouth. Their contracts quite often can be. You know, year maybe maybe even less than less than a year in some cases, and you know that that you, you mentioned you know improving their balance sheet immeasurably, um, as well as increasing a forward pipeline of you know into five, ten, fifteen years in in some cases. You can plan an organisation around that, um, but to be 
to be hand to mouth is, is is very difficult. And all the trustees, I mean, they, you know, many of these external trustees are almost like non-exec directors. They come from other walks of life, and all of their businesses uh, have a, a firm foundation and plan. And I think that particularly resonated that that real bringing that business acumen uh, and long-term contracts to bear for them was was very powerful indeed. And the, the the second point I'd just like to raise is I love the way that you've been able to distill down the benefits and compare those benefits to the public purse. Yeah, the £27,000 per, per, per year for a homeless person on the street, um, but also the impact of having these thousands of, of uh, well, millions, in, in fact, uh, homeless bed nights. You can equate that to how many nurses, how many firemen, how many policemen, um, sorry, using the word men, but, you know, uh, people in those uh, those um, you know, public sector employment. I mean, you get to the point where you can employ the, the, the whole of a, whole of a county um, <laughs> by some of the social benefits. Yeah. yeah, it is amazing. But, I mean, I think we've got, we've got to be a bit careful with, with those um, those claims as well. I mean, you know, it, it, it's, it's clear that, that, you know, when you add up all of the costs, but in reality, you know, if we did um you know serve a thousand people which you know would that be 27 billion or something i guess is that right 27 billion 27 27 million 27 million you know could you close the wing of a hospital and say you know, probably not mm-hmm. but what it might actually cause again is going back to nigel's first point about displacement what it might mean is that more people that otherwise wouldn't be able to go to hospital to be treated for for minor things are able to go in. So there's like a, there's, you know, and then you probably measure the impact of that and then you just keep going and, and then that's when your head explodes. But um, so, you know, are we actually really going to save the public that, that money or, or are we just helping the public to, well, the public sector to spend that money in a, in a, in a different way that enables greater impact and, and greater efficiency. So yeah. Um, yeah, it's a very complex thing. And you know, as you say, you know, if you change something over here, it almost certainly will change change things elsewhere in the system and you know we live in an extremely complicated interconnected society um but i think if we can if we can do our bit then um you know hopefully we can we can as you said at the very least change the impact change the lives of those people that are directly affected um but hopefully um you know have a wider impact as well absolutely i I think we've got a few minutes left mark um just to take any questions so anybody interested would like to ask a question just pop it into the uh the chat box there, but um, there's one I've got here, Mark. Um, it's a question. Uh, bu- 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 how do you get to know the charities? Yeah, I mean, so some of, some of it's through through networks. So you know, I, I know quite a lot of people in the charity sector, and and um, you know, normally if we target a charity, I can look up the management team, and and if I don't know someone directly, I normally know someone who knows them. So. Can, you know LinkedIn's amazing like that, isn't it? You can you can mm. see uh, where the connections are. Um, but uh, David actually on, on one of the one of the charities just cold called them, so yeah. literally found the number, um, dialed the number, called up the the charity. Can I speak to the chief executive, please? What's it about, please? I've got a, a proposition. Well, all right, okay, we'll let you through. And um, and actually, it was just perfect timing because they were at the time courting a pension fund who were off offering them i think six million pounds to to buy a, a whole load of property in their region and um and we said well actually you know what's going to happen for you in that scenario you're never going to earn the assets um and um 
and yeah. and and presented an alternative one. So I guess yeah, yeah. So it's a combination of networks and 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 yeah, research and and then cold calling. Mm. Absolutely. I mean, there's so many people just want to get in touch, Richard. So that's, that's great. There's a question there. How do we get in touch? The, the details are in the uh, the chat box there. So just click the link or give Richard a call, you know, whichever uh, is easier. But um, no, that's great. Always a few more. Yeah, and of course, uh, Richard's, um, read Richard's chapter in advice yeah. itself. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's in the... Give that as a, one of the one of the 49 inspiring uh, chapters there. So learn a bit more about what Richard would like, uh, the advice he would give to his younger self. Absolutely. All right, no, that's, that's really good. That's really good. So so there's only a few minutes left um, in terms of uh, the breakfast with Mark and Nigel. But um, next week, Mark, we're going to have a chat. We're going to have a bit of a roundup, aren't we? We're going to have a chat about 2020. And, and really just cast the net into 2021, you know, what we've got to look forward to in terms of, uh, you know, opportunity and in terms of, you know, the breakfast session as well. You know, we've, we've scheduled out a number of topics and, you know, we've, we've got some amazing guest speakers that we're going to bring in as well because I, I think the mix in the forum up is really, really good. Um, but, yeah, so it's excited for, uh, for next Wednesday. Yeah, we've got some, uh, got some big... Big announcements, uh, lots of enhancements there, um, lots of new benefits, um, which will involve all the family. So, uh, yeah, really, really fascinating there. So, um, brilliant. So, we've got another few comments. Glenn, ah, Glenn, the whole book is amazing. A Christmas present mm-hmm. from our nephew. Well, your nephew will be blessed with that. Thanks, Glenn. Really appreciate your support. Um, so, yeah, we've got your contact details there. So yeah, another end to, uh, and I think we'll we'll have more special guests. This has really worked with some mm-hmm. fascinating questions, um, and uh, Richard is uh, is on the the mentorship group, so uh, he is regular um, contributor to to the mentorship group. So I don't know whether you'll be joining us shortly, Richard. Yeah, yeah. Um, so so that'll be great. I'm sure we'll have some more detailed uh, feedback. People like Susan just asked some questions there, and uh, great inspiration. Brilliant. Good. Good. Well, until next Wednesday, hope you've all enjoyed it. Thank you, everybody. Thank you so much, Richard, for sharing your wisdom and knowledge. My pleasure. Thanks very much for having me. And Nigel, busy week ahead. Let's go get it. Let's go get it. All right. (laughs) Have a great week, everybody. Take care. Thanks. Take care. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to the Property Portfolio Podcast. We hope you enjoyed this week's episode and that it inspired you on the next leg of your journey. If you've got any questions or comments, why not reach out to us at our Facebook page, Equa Academy. Also, don't forget to register for free access to hundreds of property development videos and templates over at equaacademy.co.uk and we'll see you in next week's episode. Thank you.